Hello, my friends. Welcome to Minutes with Monica podcast. This month, I'm talking about spiritual health and a lot of different topics around that one particular topic. But I have some really exciting news. I um, always mention to you to go over to monicaswank.org and check out some of the different resources that are on that page. You're going to find all kinds of things. Did you know? Did you know that I did more than a podcast? I do. (laughs) On Mondays, there's new blogs. There are um, video resources that are available to you. There are just all kinds of different things to encourage you as you journey through life and just maybe need a boost. But there's some really exciting news on my homepage. I just recently published my ebook, True Dependence. It's a study book, and you can do it by yourself or you can do it with a group. It is a great book to just gain some depth to your relationship with God, maybe move a little closer in those areas and um, gain an an understanding and a knowledge of of what it is to live in this peace-filled life that I always talk about, right? Beyond faith to life transformed. And it all encompasses this idea of living in a peace-filled life. Hmm. That's going to lead us right into what we're talking about today. Did you know that the Bible talks about the need to be spiritually healthy? In fact, it talks about all elements of health. From the communal laws that Moses is given given by God at Mount Sinai, to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you remember that when they're in the fiery furnace? Well, there's more to their story because before they got to the fiery furnace, they had refused to eat certain foods. They are brought into the king's courts with a group of young, strong men. And um, while the men enjoy the best foods from the king's courts and the best wines, these three men, because of their... Israelite tradition choose not to live that way. They ask for special permission and they choose not to live that way. So while Moses has this law that encompasses all aspects of communal living and elements of health, these three men exemplify it when they cho- they refuse to eat these lavished foods in uh, lavish in maybe probably sugars and um, other things that are taste wonderful to the palate but don't necessarily have rewarding outcomes for our body and what happens in in their lives is that they are noticeably in better physical shape than their other counterparts And so we see these stories talking about these elements of health, right? The physical health. But there's also other pieces and parts to that. How about the provision of food that God gives to the Israelites as they're in the wilderness? Did you ever think of that as an element of health? (laughs) What is, right? The one kept the physical body from gluttony and disease and the other the provision of the food in the wilderness 
kept the mind from becoming selfish and hoarding. So there's a lot going on around this idea of health in the Bible. Oh, you're still going. What? How did providing food in the wilderness keep the Israelites from becoming selfish? Well, because they got in trouble when they hoarded. There was purpose. There was reason they were supposed to do certain things, but those all play into the mental when we go against that. It's not so much the physical eating of it. It's the mental. You didn't obey. You didn't, um, there's a care element of caregiving towards others in that place. Okay. So this is not where I'm going. (laughs) So now you're like, what, where are we, where are we? I just want you to see that I, I think from the Bible talks about elements of health throughout there's nothing in the in the bible that doesn't some way touch on these areas in fact there are far more resources and more references in both of those areas i just talked about the mental and the physical think about king david he was consistently dealing with a downcast downcast soul as were other people that we hear about um, especially the prophets there were uh, there were different elements of in their lives in which they were dealing with some rough places in their souls the bible doesn't just talk about these places as david's as sorrowful but it tells us of the value of trusting God in these moments. And it's when we're able to trust in something greater than our own power that hope can be reestablished and the mental and emotional health restored. Okay, I know I'm tiptoeing into a lot of areas and not really getting my feet wet. But that's okay because that's not what I want to do today. I just want you to see that all these pieces exist that there is some element talked about in the bible about these areas do your own exploring because there's far more out there than what i'm bringing up today but i've talked about the physical and the mental how about the spiritual And this piece of personal health always seems so far removed from the idea of being a healthy person. And I don't understand why we do that, why we separate that. But it really does think about when people talk to you about health, they're typically talking to you about your physical health, right? That tends to be the number one area. And then we have this other element in which we talk about the mental health, right? That's that's a big thing in our world these days, and, and it should be. I'm not denying that. There's value in understanding that our mental health is important for us, right? Because in reality, if one part of our person suffers, then more than likely all parts of us suffer. You know that nagging pain in your side? No, I don't mean your boss. Shh. Or or I don't mean your spouse. Come on, be nice, guys. It's that element, that that ailment, right? That 
ailment, that pain, whatever, that physical pain, right, that you've been dealing with for too far too long that impacts every element of your body. Like, you know, you either have to give into that physical pain, and when you do that, when it, when it wears on you enough that you can't go about your daily life, then it brings about a disappointment and a depressive state for your mind. It, it also discourages your spirit, right? And then on the other side of that is if you're able to push through and you're able to go about the day in physical discomfort, sometimes it often fades to the background. Maybe not, but sometimes. But you will find that your emotions and your spiritual self are often in a better place. Okay, again, tiptoeing into these spaces and not really getting my feet wet. (laughs) But I want you to walk away knowing where God said, what God says about the spiritual well-being of our body. And so, like I said, the, the point being for all of these things I'm talking about is that if they don't all work together, if one portion of us is not at its best, then it has ripple effects into the other parts of you. And so how does God address the spiritual side of us in the Bible? talked a lot about the physical and the mental, but what about that spiritual? Well, I would say to you that from the first story to the last story, from cover to cover, my friend, that there are limitless examples of caring for our souls or our spirits. You're like crazy. There's definitely a lot more about the Bible than that. Well, of course there is, but in every story there is. But from beginning to end, there are tons of examples of what it means to care for our souls or our spirits. And I would also say that while we get some part of this, most of, we get some part in this, I should say, most of the work is done by God himself. And since there are so many examples, I want to stick with just one or two to get a little deeper into this idea of spiritual well-being. I often come back to the Garden of Eden. And it's because, I'm going to tell you, this story is like, what, three chapters long? Four chapters at that? No, it's not even that. Three chapters long. It's such a brief telling of events. But it's so foundational because what we see here is a peace that's present that is not present anywhere else in scripture, not even in relationship to Jesus do we find this same peace. Why not with Jesus? Because he lives in the midst of turmoil. And so in this brief telling in the Garden of Eden of human life, We see this harmony. Go back and read it. it Until we get to the, the choice that Adam and Eve make to step away from God, there's harmony in that place. There's goodness. You can see it. You can sense it. If you have ever, if you live in a, uh, a, a, um, geographical area in which you watch spring occur, and that's where we are today in my world is spring is a, okay well 
<laughs> I'm lying because spring is occurring around me. Yesterday, I noticed all the dogwoods and the trees blooming. And today, I woke up to snow on the ground. <laughs> but my point being is that we see this newness, this freshness. And so if you understand that concept, then you also can understand what I'm, where I'm coming from in the sense of harmony in the Garden of Eden. It exists between all creation, right? So it gives us this horizontal perspective of how life was intended to occur on earth. You know, how we intermix and how we live in harmony with other elements of creation. But it also gives us this vertical perspective, that relationship that occurs between humans and God at this point. And if you think about it, it's in some ways how we experience human to human relationships today. I said some ways, (laughs) just bear with me a second. Because really the only difference being in that human to human relationship and what Adam and Eve experienced with God is that there was a reverence and an honor displayed toward um, God that we don't display towards other human beings, right? But additionally, God offered far more in return than we as humans can do for one another. But again, it's this idea in which the garden represents health for the whole being physical, mental, or emotional, however you want to view that. (coughs) Excuse me. As well as the spiritual well-being, it all existed until the time when humans attempted to take things into their own hands. (laughs) Sometimes you just feel like cheering us on because we get such a bad rap. Well, you know. But this is a picture that each of us strive for daily. In some way, I promise we each strive for some kind of health in our lives. We don't go out with the mindset to destroy the day and to destroy ourselves in that day. We, it's also the picture that we miss daily because we can't go back to that perfect harmony until God writes the entire earth. So you're saying, okay, then why should we even try, Monica? Well, I think it's because of two reasons. And the first is that it's the natural thing to do. We're drawn to being healthy because we're intended to be that way. When we gorge on any one thing, it often makes us feel sick. Okay, I have to tell myself here. My husband buys me these special dark chocolate candy bars that I love. Well, somewhere in the process, I I think it has to do with economy more than anything. He has stopped buying me the small ones and started buying me the large ones that say there's like, I don't know, 16 cubes in this candy bar. So if I eat that entire candy bar, my friends, I am sick. And I am not very disciplined at not eating that entire candy bar. But when you gorge on any one thing, it often leaves us feeling sick, right? And I'm not just talking about food and drink here 
and, and I'm drink. Like we can talk about lots of elements of drink here. <laughs> but if we gorge on our thoughts or our behaviors, they can feel us leaving that way too, especially if they're unhealthy. And, and I can draw a lot of different examples here, and I'm hoping you're kind of, kind of imagining some on your own. Because sometimes I feel like when I, when I point out some behaviors, I'm, you think I'm picking at you, and I'm not. I, you know, that story of the thumb, you know, the finger points one way, the thumb points back at me, right? It's because I'm doing the same thing you are, my friends. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling through life just like you are. Um, so again, don't want to use any examples here. So I, I hope you're imagining some on your own, what these unhealthy thoughts and unhealthy behaviors can be. We're also drawn to feeling spiritually healthy, even if it's not in God. If you are listening for this first time and you don't have a a relationship with God, you still do things that are spiritually healthy or still attempt to do that because you're drawn to that naturally. Like, have you ever turned on music to comfort yourself? Have you ever taken a walk in the woods? Um, For my husband, it's going into the wood shop. This isn't just mental health care, okay? This is soul care as well. And all of these things I'm talking about, they're in our DNA. We are designed to live in sync with the creator and the creation. So again, even if you don't understand all those elements, that's just who you are naturally. This is the natural tendency of our body. This, this striving for health or well-being. The other reason that I think that we lean this direction is not the most popular idea, but I think it exists for us even if we don't recognize it. Today, I'm going to talk about it from the perspective as if we do recognize this. And that point is that I'm trying to make is that it's because we're commanded to do so by God. Let me show you what I mean using this, the second greatest commandment. Maybe you're familiar with this. It's Jesus tells us about it in Matthew 22, verse 39, when he tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if you hate yourself, well, then you probably know what I'm going to say, right? And if you tell yourself negative things regularly, well, then I'm pretty sure you get my point here as well. Because we can't love others uninhibited, right? You can't love other people without all kinds of conditions. If we don't love ourselves in an uninhibited way. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about loving ourselves in an without condition. And that's what Jesus is talking about in the second commandment here. But what about the first commandment? If you jump backwards, just a few verses to verse 37, 
Jesus says, love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Well, if we question the fact that there's a spiritual side that needed attending to, this might help you see it differently. It brings things into focus for me. But my point was it's a commandment. I don't know about you, I am a rule breaker. And I've talked about this in the past, but ask my parents. I don't think there was a rule in my life that I felt comfortable with. You know, actually, that's that's funny I say that because that's not necessarily true. There's a lot of rules I feel comfortable with. I just didn't love my parents' rules. <laughs> and so when I say to you that this is a commandment, sometimes it puts our back up against the wall and we don't like that feeling because we don't want somebody else to tell us how to do something. I'm not picking this normal human nature, right? But if I know one thing about God, it would be that he doesn't promote the idea of selfishness. Go back to that garden just for a minute. The intent was that things would live in harmony, right? So if we're commanded to live in a healthy way, real love is healthy. Real love is healthy. If you don't know that, there's some work there. But real love is healthy. And if we're supposed to love and live that way, it is so it will draw blessing, for one, to God. It's going to draw blessing to God in reverence and honor that is rightfully His. And it will also draw in this unity with the rest of the earth from human to plant life. From the greatest to the least, right? Okay, so I wanna I wanna go back just for a second. I wanna I wanna hit on a word because this is a word that gets my um I don't know, makes the hairs on my neck stand up a little bit. So when I say the word unity to you, I'm, I'm not talking about sameness. Be aware that that's not what I'm trying to say here. Because God loves diversity. If you don't believe me, take a look around. Not one species is made up of one single product. <laughs> There's a multiple... I, can't, I couldn't even begin to imagine how many plants there are out there, right? Um, and maybe it's not species is a word. I'm not a biologist, so maybe that's not the word I'm looking for. But no, no plant life is the same. No animal life is the same. No human life is the same. Every aspect of creation is diverse. And thank God for that, because I certainly want to deal. Wouldn't want to deal with another Monica day in and day out. <laughs> but that's not my idea of unity here. So I just want you to be aware of that. So back to this idea of commandment and soul care. So in case you're not 100% believing me, let me give you just a few other examples, things that you can look at on your own. Read 
Psalm 62, because soul care is found there. And Psalm 116 verse 7 says, to be at rest. That's not physical. (laughs) That's not mental. It's spiritual here. Be at rest. And the writer's talking to his soul. What does Jesus say about soul care? I I tend to live into the Old Testament because I I love the stories there. But what does Jesus say about soul care? We'll take a quick look at Matthew 11, 28 and 29. You know what? I'm going to talk about that. I'm actually going to read that to you because I want you to hear it. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now we take that verse on for every aspect of our lives, for our lives. And you know what? We should, because there's great value in that. Because this is Jesus. Bring it to me, my friend. Let me, let me carry it for you, right? Is what he's saying to us. I'll give you rest. But listen, because I want you to hear more of it. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we're talking about the physical, we're talking about the mental, the emotional, and we're talking about spiritual as well here. It's not just this physical burden. And he's saying, you're going to find rest if you come to me. My friends, he does not say you'll find it just in the physical or the emotion. He says, in your soul, this idea of soul is understood to encompass every aspect of us, not just pieces and parts. We are a whole unit, and when it doesn't work in sync, it doesn't have rest. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. The soul is all of you, including the spirit. I'm not talking down to you. I'm just wanting you to hear this. This is so important. And this verse that I just read to you brings up another issue. Can you rest or have a healthy spirit if it's found away from God? And my answer to you is going to surprise you. (laughs) But it's, I would say yes and no. Can you find rest away from God? Yes and no. (laughs) Excuse me. You can find things to do that will bring you relief. The world offers multiple options. In fact, I use some of those things in my own care and in the respite care that I offer to others. Yoga, meditation, singing, inspirational reading, they all have merit in caring for the spirit, walking in the woods, Right merit for caring for the spirit. If you can do them without God as the focal point, I would suggest you'll find rest in these places, but you won't find permanence. And your seeking won't necessarily be in vain, right? That's my point. Unless you're seeking something that lasts forever. And spiritual care is found in the realm of connection. Physical care feeds our body and helps all of its functions or systems to function properly. And mental health care is about 
our thoughts and our emotions. It's this learning to process external information in ways that we don't bring internal harm, which in turn allows us to behave in such a way that it's not burdensome to others, but it brings joy to them, right? That's the mental piece of it. And spiritual health is this peace within us when life is not restful. And for me, it's this connection piece that comes in the relationship we have with God. So can we have spiritual health without? Yeah, sure. But is it lasting? I, You know, that's something, my friend, you're going to have to determine for yourself. I have answers to that, and I don't know that you're all going to agree. So you have to make that determination. This podcast isn't about pushing a certain idea of you on you. I hope, though, that what you have received is some clarity on what God says about spiritual health. And I hope that you've learned that there is some value in it. Why do I hope those things? It's because I care for you and your journey through life. And I want you to know that I'm here. In fact, just another little piece here I want to make sure you're aware of is that I do have other services that I offer. That's not just a podcast. (laughs) You can enjoy a time of respite care or spiritual care through some of the things that I host. You can attend a personal retreat. I put that on for you. It's not something you do on your own. And then there's one-on-one spiritual mentoring that will promote not only spiritual health, but will allow you to move towards this peaceful living that I'm always talking about. All these things, all these resources are there because I want you to know I love journeying with you. I love being available to care for you as an individual because you are valuable and you are important, my friend. I love you. Blessings to you.